finish this series after next week. Um, we're going to do this with a couple of topics that are very meaningful in Christ followers' life. We're going to revisit what the Bible has to say about baptism and communion. Like prayer, these are two experiences that have great meaning and significance, but these two can quickly and easily move into the realm of ritual or tradition and lose their meaning to us. We know that we're supposed to do them. The Bible says we're supposed to do them, but why does it say that we are? So we'll look a little closer at the significance of these two things that we practice here in this church. But before that, we have a few more things to examine in the area of prayer. We started this series looking at the relational aspect of prayer. We're experiencing the father-child connection in prayer more than ever now. We can envision ourselves praying with Jesus to our Father. We're more confident than ever that our Father has our best in mind for us when we bring our needs and our wants to Him. We're much less cynical about prayer now. We're finding great perspective in fulfilling our role as pastors in prayer. We've started asking for daily bread more than we ever have, and that perspective is changing the way we see God as the source of everything in our lives. We've found much greater motivation to pray for the people in our lives faithfully. I know we're growing and maturing in our understanding of the perspective on prayer. That's why I wanted to revisit this, and so I want to keep going for just a bit longer before we move on to other things in a couple weeks. Last Sunday, we looked at the promise that we make to the people in our lives that we will pray for them. And we confronted the reality that we often fail to follow through on that promise that we make. Hopefully, every one of us is a little more committed to following through now. We have some motivation to keep us following through. Let's keep that motivation in sight as we come alongside each other in prayer as a church family. We're joining Jesus in prayer for the people we know. We're agreeing with Paul about the power and necessity of prayer. We're being obedient to God's word when we pray for others. And we're following through simply because we love the people that we're committed to praying for. This morning I want to address one more element of prayer that can deeply affect the experience of praying for each other. And it can affect more than just our own experience of prayer. It can significantly affect the relationships that we have in our lives as well. I've entitled this message, uh, Praying with Your Eyes Open, or as you saw in the sign, Praying with Our Eyes Open, because we didn't have enough wise to make it more. <laughs> Seriously, we ran out of wise. <laughs> and no, I'm not talking about the physical act of prayer. Um, this isn't about posturing. Um, I pray with my eyes closed. And we're teaching our boys to pray with their eyes closed. They get distracted so easily that praying with their eyes open would not be effective prayer at all. They're learning that God deserves their undivided attention when they pray. So they're told to fold them and close them when they start. But there are people that pray with their eyes open. That exists. I experienced this not too long ago. Uh, a man that I had met uh, recently who was in ministry um, asked if he could pray for me, and I agreed. And um, so I gave him a, a few things that he could be praying for. And then, without hesitation or warning, um, he launched into a loud, eyes-open prayer for all the things that I had just shared with him uh, in a very public place. That is not what I mean by praying with your eyes open. That's not what we're talking about this morning. Um, last week, we looked at the promise that we make to pray for each other. What I mean by praying with your eyes open is making an effort in our relationships to better understand how 
we can pray for each other. We often pray in generalities for each other. We pray for God's blessing and provision and protection in people's lives, and that's all good. Just the fact that we're faithfully praying for each other is good, and we need to do more of that. Praying with your eyes open means getting beyond the generalized prayers that we pray for each other. It means praying with understanding. It means praying with insight. It means praying specifically from a place of deep concern rather than just a general covering of prayer. It means praying from the inside. Last week, I gave you the homework assignment of reading through Jesus' prayer in John 17. And what we can see in that beautiful prayer is the deep understanding that Jesus has of his disciples and what they really need. This is a very different prayer than the prayer Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter 6. The Matthew prayer is a great framework for prayer. But here in John 17, Jesus is putting some flesh on the bones of this prayer. He's praying with insight. He's praying with understanding. In Jesus' prayer for his disciples, we can see that Jesus clearly knows what they need. He knows how to pray for them. He prays specifically that his Father would help them to stay unified around their faith. He says, keep them in your name that they may be one. And until that point, Jesus had been the glue that held that group of twelve together. And now he knew he was going to lead them and that they needed God to be the glue that would hold them together and would hold them together through some very difficult times. Jesus was specifically concerned about their unity and the support that they would need to be for each other. That's very specific. Jesus prayed specifically for their protection from the evil one. He knew what was going to come as a result of his upcoming departure. He prayed specifically for the process that had begun in them to transform them into his likeness. He knew they weren't done. <clears throat> he knew what still needed to happen, and he knew all this because he knew these men very well. Jesus had seen them in operation as a team for three years. And when he prayed his prayer, he didn't have to think hard about what he needed to include in that prayer. His prayer went way beyond what we call the Lord's Prayer. It was a deeply personal prayer for these men. The Lord's Prayer from Matthew 6 is primarily a framework for us to pray for ourselves. This passage in John 17 shows us that our prayers for others are to be specific and personal. Even more personal than Jesus' prayer in John 17 for his disciples. You see, Jesus was praying for a group of men here. Imagine what his prayer for one specific individual would look like. That's how we're to be praying. The model that Jesus set for us in prayer was the result of his coming to earth to walk among his creation for a while. When we refer to Jesus' time on earth, we use the word incarnation. Jesus left heaven and became a man. He became one of us so that he could reach us and save us where we're at as human beings. God became man and dwelt among us. Jesus was God incarnate. He came and set himself inside our situation so that he could show us the hope that we have here in our situation. And so when Jesus prays for his disciples, he prays an incarnational prayer, one based on having walked in their shoes for three years. This is what I mean when I talk about praying with our eyes open. It's one thing to pray as an observer from outside someone's situation. It's 
entirely different to pray from the inside with insight and understanding that only comes from walking in someone else's shoes for a while. Jesus prayed this prayer in John 17 from the inside. And I believe he's setting the example for us here in this prayer. Sadly, there are obstacles that stand in the way of us praying with our eyes open. The first of these obstacles is, as we've already discussed at length, our cynicism regarding prayer. If we don't believe it's going to make any difference, then why would we get close enough to someone to make our prayers for them more specific and personal? If we don't believe that our prayers for someone else will make a difference, then why go to the effort of getting close enough to know how to pray? This is yet another reason for us to face and conquer our cynicism when it comes to prayer. And here in John 17, we'll find a powerful weapon against that cynicism. Jesus believed that his prayers were necessary and that they would be effective in impacting the lives of his disciples. So he prayed. Jesus prayed. Therefore, we ought to pray. We ought to pray too. We ought to be praying with great confidence for the people in our lives. We ought to follow the steps of Christ and bring the needs of others with Jesus before our Father. And honestly, generalized prayers are easy to forget. They just are. Incarnational prayers are much more likely to happen. Remember that Jesus was on the way to the cross and he still paused to pray for his disciples. He didn't forget to pray. And he's showing us the value of making the time to do the same for each other. We've got to be praying for each other. Now, there's an image in the Bible that speaks volumes to my heart as an agriculturalist. It's the image of a yoke. A yoke is an instrument usually made of wood that's designed to help people or animals carry a load. Now, for you Minnesotans, it's that crossbar on the canoe that you rest on your shoulders when you portage or now, in Asia, it's a bar that you rest on your shoulders when you're carrying buckets or baskets or something, and you've got those full of some sort of a load. It's for carrying items. And in many, many places in the world, it's a wooden bar, it's a wooden instrument that you can use to tie two oxen together. It helps them work in a unified manner when they're cultivating a farmer's field. It's designed to help the oxen share the load when they're working the soil. It distributes the load evenly, makes it easier for both animals. Jesus invites us to take his yoke upon us because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Paul warns us not to be unequally yoked in certain situations, but I believe the image of a yoke will help us understand better how to pray with our eyes open. Galatians 6.2 says, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. I believe that God wants us to bear one another's burdens in prayer. And that means that we're going to have to experience one another's burdens. That means we're going to have to move beyond generalities with each other and get down to what's really happening in our lives. It means that we're going to have to be a God's family. And that's where we come face to face with another obstacle in our quest to pray incarnationally with our eyes wide open for each other. The obstacle is our private individualism. It's not common 
each other. But I can't bear another's burden from a distance. We need to come alongside each other and get our yokes on, share a yoke. And that's going to take a deeper level of vulnerability in our relationships. And, and don't misunderstand me here. We're not being asked to do this with people that we hardly know. It's very clear to me that Jesus' relationships with his disciples were special. He didn't go deep in relationship with just anyone. So don't run out and scare people by telling them that you want to get a yoke on with them, right? God's desire for his family is that we do know each other. That we walk in each other's shoes and that we see each other up close. And we'll work on this over the years. This is a tough proposition for a very private society like ours. For now, I'm just asking that we take a step as the people that we're close to. Let's get close enough to share a yoke, to walk in each other's shoes for a while. Let's take a chance and ask those we're close to how we can be praying for them. Let's share with them how they can be praying for us. Let's practice more or begin to practice the art of bearing each other's burdens. Let's pray with understanding. Let's pray with our eyes open to what is truly happening in each other's lives because we believe that our prayers for each other have an effect. They do have power. This is one of the things that I love about our small group. We're close enough to each other to be open about what we really need prayer for. We share yokes in prayer. It's part of the purpose of our small group, to be that kind of support for each other. If you're not part of a small group here at Chapel Hill yet, um, look into it, check it out. You can, you can indicate that interest on your connection card right there. Um, put yourself and your family in a place where you will learn to support each other, to bear each other's burdens. We all need that. We need those relationships. We need that support. We need to be praying for each other like that. If it's not a small group, create a prayer group. Um, I have the immense, immense privilege of having four men that come here on Wednesday mornings to pray for me and with me. Uh, I can't tell you how necessary that is, how it gets me through each week. Uh, we share jokes and we bear each other's burdens every week, and that lifts me up in such a powerful way. I wish that was happening all over this church family. As an elder board, we do this for each other. It is so encouraging to work with a leadership team that knows the power of prayer, and we spend that time praying together. We also have a team of praying people who take your requests and lift them up before God every week. They're praying with understanding because many of you share with them how they can be specifically praying. Please continue to share what you're experiencing with our prayer team um, on the back of your connection card of Sunday. And doing this together with others is a vital part of the ministry of this church. Every Wednesday evening at 6.30, our, our prayer team meets in the prayer room out there in the back hall. They pray for individual needs. They pray for ministry needs. They pray for each other. They pray for me and for the rest of the staff and the elders. They bear each other's burdens faithfully. And I truly believe that their prayers are essential to the success of this church. Join them on Wednesdays if you can. Come together with them and call on God's power to affect what's happened here at Chapel Hill Church. Bear one another's burdens. Bear one another's burdens. Be yoked together in prayer. Stand in the gap together for each other. God does hear your prayers. 
God does answer your prayers. God's power is available for us to call on. Nothing should stand in the way of us walking in each other's shoes and truly being that kind of support for each other that we're intended to be. There is a vital role in the life of a church family, and we need to embrace that reality more than we ever have. We are called by God to pray for each other, to pray with understanding, to pray with our eyes open for the needs of others. Our first level of challenge is to make that happen in our close relationships. We need to let down our guard with our closest brothers and sisters. We need to drop the masks that we wear and create some openness with those that we love. We need those kind of relationships. But I want to talk for a bit about another prayer arena that we need to enter as a church, as individuals and corporately. There are battles going on in our world daily that we are aware of but not connected with the way that we should be. Um, today is a special day here at Chapel Hill. You've seen evidence of what I'm talking about out in the lobby as you came in. Today we're having our outreach fair. It's an opportunity created to help you stay or become connected to some missionaries and ministries that we're involved with as a church. God calls every one of his local churches to have an impact on the world. We're called to be his representatives, his ambassadors in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We talked about this at length last year, and our involvement and our impact continues to grow. Very thankful for that. Getting great reports of what's happening in your Jerusalem, in your neighborhoods. It's so encouraging. We're involved in many ways in our local outreach opportunities. Uh, we were just at one of those events on Thursday evening with Feed My Starving Children, where we packed meals for hungry children and families around the world. And we continue to support our missionaries around the world. So I want to focus on them for a while before I release you to go and explore the various booths and displays that are out there for you. And I want to show you how this concept of praying with our eyes open relates to the missionaries and ministries that we support as God's kingdom comes to the world through them. Once again, we need to look to God's word to hear what God's saying to us about our missionaries and prayer. And there's no better example to reflect on than the example that Paul left with us. Paul's experience as a missionary is all over the New Testament. He made some significant trips to take the message of Jesus Christ to the world. He started churches all over the place. He trained church leaders to carry out the ministry of the churches. He moved on to establish more churches elsewhere. He wrote letters to those churches, letters that have become the basis of our Christian growth even to this day. Paul is an extraordinary missionary. We have an awful lot to learn from him, but the thing that I want to focus on right now is his word to the church regarding his ministry and prayer. There's something that we need to pay attention to. So listen to what he writes in Romans 15, verses 30 to 32. Um, Paul speaking of his work among the Gentiles and proclaiming the truth to them. He's now looking ahead to visiting Rome to see the church there on his way to Spain. And so he asks the church to do something for him regarding his work along the way. This is his request for them as he thinks about his stop in Jerusalem. He says, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea, 
hoping that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. Paul, a missionary, is asking the church to pray for him, to strive with him in his prayers for his ministry. And he's asking them to pray specifically for deliverance from the unbelievers in Judea and for favor with the church in Jerusalem. I can only imagine that the church in Rome stopped right there, right when they were when they received his letter, and they prayed for their brother Paul with understanding. Don't miss the role that the church has in the life of its missionaries. Like Paul said, we as their partners in ministry are to be refreshing. Them. Chapel Hill Church, are you aware that our missionaries, those who stand, who we stand behind as a body of Christ, are asking us to pray for them and with them for their ministries? And I can tell you from experience that in nearly all cases, missionaries working in foreign cultures and those working to address the needs of their own culture are happy to help the church see how we can be praying. Examples to encourage you to take the step of joining yokes with our missionaries this morning. Um, this past week, I, I wrote to our overseas missionaries and simply asked how we can be how we can be praying with them and for them right now. Um, some of them had recently sent out prayer letters, so I asked if they had anything that they'd like to add. Um, some of them I hadn't heard from in a while, so it was really good to be able to reconnect with them. I told them that we'd be praying for them today. Share with you some of the responses, just a few of the responses that I got. And I got five pages of prayer requests from just a few missionaries. They are so eager to have us share yokes with them. I start with Brett and Michelle Hamilton. Uh, we had a visit from the Hamiltons back in November. It was great to have them here, and they definitely opened up to us about what's going on in their lives. And their story continues. They're in Poland, they're far away from their kids. Here's what they have to face at such a distance. Their daughter, Shannon, has Lyme's disease, and it has now affected her immune system in a very strong way. Um, she's facing possible treatment, including surgery, that's not going to be covered by insurance, and all kinds of stress comes with us. Brett and Michelle are in Poland while Shannon faces this. And when the Hamiltons left here, um, they returned to Poland on December 11th. And on the 15th of December, Michelle was taken to a hospital in Mandos. They believed that she may have suffered a micro-stroke. The Hamiltons continue to lose co-workers. They're hanging on to faith, believing that God knows what he's doing. But life, honestly, has been pretty lonely for them. Brett is losing his partners in ministry. He referred to them when he was here as his band of brothers. And he's losing. And this is hard. This afternoon, Young Polish man, he was—he wasn't sure where this guy 
stood and, and they took me aside and we had a long conversation. And right there, right yesterday afternoon, Brad was able to leave this young man to the Lord. It's just an amazing thing for me to really celebrate. Um, they continue to wrestle with great faith. The Meekers, the Meekers continue to expand God's kingdom in Croatia. Midst of all the demands of their ministry, Steve is trying to finish his master's program as well, which is going to include creating a new ministry program for church leaders in Croatia, and it's going to launch this summer. Meanwhile, they're tracking his dad's progress back here in the U.S. His dad is having a triple or more bypass surgery on the 17th. Imagine being that far away when your dad goes through something like that. I hadn't heard from the Mashburns in a while, so it was good to hear from them. It was clear that they have an excuse about an excuse for not writing for a while. Um, they continue to joyfully struggle away on their own by themselves half the time in Seminole, West Africa. But listen to what God's doing. There are 75 Muslim women in five villages now meeting weekly to study the Word of God. Sunday, they had a Sunday with these young men and a young woman who joined with them for worship, Bible study, and prayer. They had a church retreat. Mashburns have more people lined up to be with them to talk about spiritual things than they can handle. And they're asking that we pray for perseverance and encouragement for them. They're asking that we pray that they'll be able to leave the results of their efforts to God. Because it's some, sometimes it just seems so slow. And they wanted me to express their appreciation for your prayers. We mentioned that over and over again. We had the privilege of sending David and Natalie to Maximovich out last year. Um, I can't even tell you where they're located for fear of putting them and their ministry at risk. That ought to give you enough to pray for right there. I asked about the uh, protests that are taking place where they live. Those continue, but God's protecting them in the midst of all the unrest. They have a few bags back in case they are forced to leave. They have supplied supply stock up as the economy there takes a hit, and it affects them directly. All this, and they're adjusting to life in a new culture with a new language and all new experiences for three very young kids. They're asking for prayer for their kids because the kids are reacting to the stress in mom and dad. Natalie's asking for prayer for patience and energy. Because if all that isn't challenging enough, David's back is acting up and he's in a lot of pain. God continues to open doors for them in their ministry. We're still faithfully praising God for what he's doing there. Hips were just here as well back at the end of December. They're asking us to pray for a door that God's recently opened for them to begin ministry in the Philippines. They continue to work tirelessly advance God's kingdom in the remotest parts of the earth. Southeast Asia is going to be a challenge for them. They've spent most of their lives in Africa working there. Um, so Asia's going to be a little bit of a change. And they're asking God to pray. They're asking us to pray that God makes their paths straight as they venture into a brand new field for them. There are many more requests that I can bring before you this month. 
there's so much going on. There always will be requests, which means there always will be opportunities for us to stand before God on behalf of those who have, who have accepted God's calling on their lives and followed Him into full-time ministry. But today I want to leave you with this challenge. Take a step of love to share a yoke with a missionary. Connect with them personally. Bear their burden for a while. You may have no idea just how valuable this is to them. The Apostle Paul made it clear that the prayers of the church were invaluable to him as a missionary. How will you respond to his call to pray? steps we need to take towards sharing the yoke of someone whose ministry that we support here as a church. Out in the lobby, you'll find yourself surrounded with opportunities. There's a lot to do out there. Take a step and bear the burden of one of these ministries or missionaries in prayer. Ask God to open your eyes to the needs of one of our missionaries. Contact them. Ask them what, what you can be praying for specifically. Tell them that you're praying for them. Tell them to pray for you too. Ask them to pray for you. You'll be amazed at how encouraging it is to them to be able to pray for you. Talk to one of the representatives that are here today. Ask them how you can be praying for them and for their ministry. Offer to share a yoke with them. Offer to bear their burden for them. God hears our prayers. He has the ability and desire to respond to the prayers that we lift up to Him. God wants us to be united in prayer. He has promised that He will hear and answer those prayers. Who are you willing to share your with in prayer? Do you need to take a step closer to someone you love and share with them on this level? Do you need to join or start a group that prays for each other, maybe even for the needs of this church? You need to contact to, to connect yourself to a ministry that's taking place far away and do more than just write a check. Whatever it is, God's inviting you to share a yoke with someone starting today. And have your eyes open to the needs of another. It can only be met through prayer. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. I'm going to ask our ushers to come now and worship King. Let's spend a few minutes in prayer while we do. Father, I praise you this morning for who you are. I praise you for your sovereignty. I praise you for the deep, deep love that you have for the world that you've created. And I thank you that we are not helpless in connecting your love with your world. That you have called us into a, into a position of, of coming to you on behalf of the people in our lives, even on behalf of people far away to call on your power to influence them in their situation. I thank you that you do answer that prayer. And again, I ask that you will forgive us.
cynicism for ever believing that it doesn't make any difference. We know it does. There's no other reason why Jesus himself would pray. Why the Apostle Paul asked for the church to pray for him and for his ministry. It has to work. It does work. It does have an effect. Now lead us into a place where we are praying with our eyes open. Where we understand what the person we're praying to or is going through. Where we understand it clearly. Where we have insight. Teach us how to take on someone else's yoke. To bear their burden with them through prayer. this morning with a long list of prayer requests from some missionaries that we support overseas. And God, will you provided us with an abundance constantly so that we can support them in their ministry. You have also put us in a position to pray for these people. that you would help us start a pattern in this if it's not already happening in our lives. We lift up our missionaries to you, Lord, and ask that you would meet every one of their needs. Those times when they are feeling lonely, be very present to them. Those times when they are discouraged, and discouragement comes so
ask that through our partnerships with each of these ministries, that you would lead us into relationships where we can let your light shine, that you would connect us in ways that make a difference. I thank you for each one that's represented here today that, that sacrificially serves and gives and, and does everything that it takes because they have a burden for the people in this city. From the homeless to, to the high school students, Thank you. 